Thanks for tuning in to Contra Valley Community Action Agency's CVCAA Unplugged. Today we're talking with Justin Deloach, the CEO of Children's Advocacy Center of Greater West Texas. Stay tuned. Hey all, this is Mike with Concho Valley Community Action Agency. Today we have Justin Deloach, the CEO of the Children's Advocacy Center of Greater West Texas. I had to write that down. I know, it's a little bit of a lot, Mike. So you did really well yep. and you got advocacy right because yep. that's usually the that's word that trips everybody yep. up. <laughs> and if you are in San Angelo or have driven on uh, on the South Bryant there, it's the, it's the old, y'all are in the old... Um, uh, town and country building. Yes, sir. Totally repurposed. Yes. The handprints on the side. Yes. And I love it. Well, I love thank it. you. So, we're very blessed by it. We were, you know, that was one of those situations. And I know you and your agency have gone through this. When you're looking for a building, yeah. it's either new construction or remodel. Yep. And when we first started that search, it was like, okay, we've got to find a building that we have enough space. And when that building came on the market, we were first thinking, you know, there's just no way it wouldn't really work. And now it was the best decision we ever did yeah, because so cool. not only did we get the building, but we got the piece of land next yeah. to it so we could build the Hope House LeGrand family facility. So it was just, it was, it was a match made in heaven yeah. for us. And it's been a great, great campus to us. Yeah, I love driving by there, going, going to the Walmart. I'm like, oh, that's a good place right there. Yeah, so, yeah, I appreciate so, so that. For our people, our handful of people, we've only been doing this a few months. So, you know, <laughs> for the, 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 the 12 people who listen, what, what is, uh, Children's Advocacy Center. What is what is it that y'all do better than anybody else in the in the in the in the area? Well, thank you, Mike. We you know we're a, a wonderful wonderful asset to the community, but it's an asset that I hate to talk about yeah. because child abuse is still not table conversation. Yeah. But what the Children's Advocacy Center of Greater West Texas does for not only San Angelo but the Concho Valley as a whole is we do advocate for child abuse victims and we also work to prevent child abuse from happening in our community mm -hmm. and we do that through four main programs um, and we've been in existence now for almost 34 years so we always tell folks you know you may have known the CAC back in the 90s but we're not the same CAC that we were back then and we won't be the same CAC for three years from now yeah. and so it's great to always have this opportunity to share with folks what we're doing and with our programs right now what we do is we do actively participate with child abuse investigations through our Hope House. Our Hope House does the multidisciplinary team coordination. And so this is our joint effort between the CAC, law enforcement, and child protective services. So we are the three agencies in our community that receive copies of every allegation wow. of abuse to the Department of Family and Protective Services. Wow. So we review those and we see um, exactly what's coming in on behalf of child abuse. And then when physical or sexual abuse is present, we are the agency that offers the forensic interview of the child. So that's really how the CAC gets involved with the um, investigative side of things is law enforcement still does their investigation. CPS does their investigation. Mm -hmm. But what the CAC's purpose is, is not only are we the professionals that get to talk to the child and get the child's side of the story, yeah. but we also are the advocacy of family mm -hmm. advocacy. Yep. Because we all know a child can't do this by themselves. No. And so our Hope House is also uh, family advocates. And so we can connect them to services maybe even outside the CAC. That's so cool. That, you know, one of the things 
here in community action, you know, we, you know, we work primarily with low income people, sure. but we advocate for the entire community mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm a very firm believer in words Yes, and that word advocate to me carries such responsibility and weight. Right. And to, to know that there is an organization that is, that is part of the, the structure, but outside mm -hmm. the structure to sit there with that kid and be like, I need, I need to know your, I need to hear your side right. and be like, we're, we're your, we're your partner in this. We are your, you know, you can trust us. You can work with us. And that's exactly that's, right. That's Mike. so cool. Well, and a lot of times what people don't realize, and I think this was what was hard for me, even when I went to the CAC, because I came to the CAC in a development role. Um, I was the fundraiser. I was the marketing guy. And so I got to hear what our services were, and I just got out in the community and started sharing that. Yeah. But I didn't really dive into the purpose and, and what we really were doing with each family that we served. And that was the first kind of aha moment for me was realizing that without us, a child still wouldn't have a platform to tell their story. Yeah. And that made me kind of stop in my tracks and go, okay, really, you know, prior to 1990, no child had this opportunity, wow. you know, and you know, the sixties and the seventies is where they feel like child abuse erupted. Um, and you know, there's, there's lots of research behind that Mike, And I, and I've tried to, to wrap my head around it. But one of the things that I feel like is common ground is in the eighties, I think we started realizing how much of an effect a bad situation on a child really does have yeah. because in the sixties and the seventies, when this started to grow and then these kids were becoming young adults in the eighties and then they started talking about their stories, it started kind of this, this trend of, okay, what's really going on behind closed doors and who's really speaking on behalf mm -hmm. of this child. Mm -hmm. And in the late eighties, when the state of Texas started seeing child deaths and started seeing kids coming through the court system that, you know, you couldn't even recognize them anymore because of the amount of abuse that they had suffered. Wow. The state finally said, okay, we've got to do something. Yeah. And that doing of something was getting an advocate and getting a voice for the child. And that's when the CAC model was developed was the first of the nineties. And we were actually the third CAC in the state of in Texas state. that was developed. Wow. Here in yes, San Angelo. Right here in San Angelo. That's cool. A lot of people think, you know, there's nothing going on in San Angelo. What do they know? <laughs> they're, they're not, they don't even have an interstate, but we were third. We were third, and now there's 70 throughout 70. the state. Yes, wow. sir. So we're one of the, we're one yes. of the pioneers. So we are yeah. one of the leaders, and especially when it comes to an umbrella agency like we are, yeah. and then also having a rural area that we serve, mm -hmm. um, you just didn't hear of it back then. And so, and, and, and our, our entry to this was two concerned citizens. We had two ladies yeah. uh, whose husbands were lawyers. And the lawyers were coming home at night saying, you know, this is starting to become a thing. And, you know, I can't believe that I'm having to represent this child whose dad has been, you know, sex sexually molesting him or beating their daughter. And they've never had anything on their side of the fence, mm -hmm. you know. And so those two ladies were like, we've, we've got to do something. Yeah. And they started the conversation and it was just perfect timing. So Hope House was the program and is the program that started the CAC back in the 90s. And so that forensic interview piece is huge. And, and I tell people every single time that I talk about the CAC, forensic interviews is probably the hardest thing that we do at our service because... You're sitting there with a child. The child has to become vulnerable. The child has to sit there and really start to talk about something that you and I both know they don't want to talk yeah. about. They've got to build trust with the person. Exactly. With the, yeah. Yes. The, and that wow. forensic interviewer has to have the ability to, 
you know, put their own emotions and their own feelings kind of behind them and really just focus on getting that story out of the child. But what's so unique also about the CAC is prior to CACs, a child would have to tell that story multiple times. And sometimes that would be, you know, they would just have to tell it to law enforcement and that was all they needed to hear. Sometimes they would have to talk to CPS and they would have to tell it. But the more they told it, the more traumatizing it received, you know, it would become. And so when the CAC stepped in, we get to talk to these kids and we get the story. And then our partners of law enforcement, CPS, the district attorney's office, all the way up to the judge now can hear the same story. The child's only told it once. And and I hope that they don't ever have to tell it again. That's not always the case. Um, There are times that the child has to retell their story, especially in a court situation. But for the most part, the child can have that safe space to tell their story, and then the advocacy can start on behalf of that child. That's awesome. And, you know, when you say there were two women who, who were like, we got to do something, that's, when I was talking with, you you know Jen Listen with yes. the WIT program. Yes, and, love Jen. And when we were talking, it was very similar. It was mm-hmm. that one, one woman, mm-hmm. I've got to do something. Yes. And I think a lot of us in society today, we look at, there's all these problems. What can I do? Right. Well, one person with the WIT program, two women started mm-hmm. the third CAC in Texas. And mm-hmm. now it's just this massive, massive organization that, that, yes, that does all these things for kids. Right. Well, and that's, you that's know what people can do. You and I are in the position where sometimes we get to see that front row seat. You know, yeah. um, we have agent, you know, individuals in our agencies that are ready to be on that front line. But then when you just have somebody that's that's a volunteer or somebody that's not even associated directly with us and they can see those problems Mm -hmm. and then they start saying, you know what, I'm seeing something here. I'm seeing those trends and these don't work for me. That's where the power comes from. And I am still amazed. And, you know, Jen was a Kosovo or still is a Kosovo volunteer. And I can remember her coming into the CAC when she was coming up with the WIP program and she was like, this works really well, this works really well, but where we're failing kids is right here. And it's that tutoring element. And I just loved her passion. And I got thinking one night, you know, and, and Jen and I've talked about this. When you can go home at night and you can't put your head on the pillow because something's eating away at you, that's your call to action, in my opinion. And I think we've all been there at some point in our lives. And when you just start to answer that call, it may not be a huge way, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think of the two ladies, Kay Nolke and Jackie Martin. They were the two that they just couldn't lay their head on, on the pillow at night because they knew kids were laying their heads on pillows and being abused yeah. in their homes. Yeah. And so here we are today, you know, 34 years later as, you know, one of the top CACs in this region of Texas. We're serving more kids every single day. We're providing services that are vital to the success of child abuse investigations and the prevention of child abuse. And it all started because somebody just couldn't stand yeah, for what was what was yeah, currently had, happening. So I think, I think deep down in in the majority of us, there is that that desire of, I got I got to do something. That's right. I got I just don't know what to do. Yeah. And 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 luckily people are people are figuring that out. That's exactly That's right. Very cool. So exactly you, you right. mentioned. CASA, the coin, yes. court-appointed special advocate. That's correct. So we have the CASA division. Now, mm-hmm. that still confuses a few people when I talk to them because CASA was a standalone agency in right. 
uh, San Angelo in the early 90s. Okay. And so in 1998, CASA uh, Board of Directors and the CAC Board of Directors kind of met and said, okay, we're working in the same direction here, but are we really hurting each other by staying separate when really we could join our efforts mm. together? And back in the 90s, that was not a thing. Um, CASA was its own program and CAC was its own yeah. program. And there was a lot of things that people could say, well, there could be a conflict of interest. And our two boards worked closely together to bring that program under the CAC. And so we are very proud to have CASA cool. under our umbrella. So court appointed special advocate is an ad litem to the court where the court um, is determining the home that the child will go to once wow. the child abuse investigation moves forward. So a lot of times folks do get a little bit confused because they think, well, just because a child has experienced child abuse, well, they immediately qualify for a cost of volunteer or they immediately qualify mm -hmm. for those, you know, um, temporary living arrangements. And that's not always yeah. the case. Um, but when it does involve CASA, that does mean that the court is determining the best home for the child. And then when that home is determined, whether that's foster care, whether that's living with a, a loved one or a family member or even a close friend, but the court still feels like that that child still needs a voice, they can appoint one of our CASA yeah. volunteers to the case. And this, Mike, is my most favorite area for the community to get involved because if you truly want to make an impact in a child's life and truly get to see what your efforts do, mm -hmm become a CASA volunteer because you get to walk right alongside the child. You get to build a relationship with the child. You learn That's everything cool. about that child and you become the advocate. That's you cool. become the voice. And we have currently right now about 87 volunteers, uh, CASA volunteers that work with our agency every single day wow. um, to be that voice for, for kids. And, you know, what's also unique about that is unfortunately our foster care system yep. is completely overrun right now. So we do not have the homes in San Angelo to keep all of our kids local. So a majority of our kiddos do have to go outside the city limits for foster care. But that doesn't stop our local CASA volunteers from going to see them. And I love it because so cool. every one of our CASA volunteers will make that trip to Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, because that's their kid. And they're going to continue to make sure that child has what they need. If you are, if you want to wanted to be a CASA volunteer, what, what, what kind of time commitment, like what kind of commitment are you looking at? Sure. So right now we've kind of adjusted it. Used to, it was a little bit less time, but now it's about 10 to 15 hours a month. Mm -hmm. And the reason we say that is because you, you try to make at least two contacts with the child a month. Right. And, but that can sometimes be through Zoom or FaceTime. You know, we all know how technology changed our communication yeah. skills after COVID. Um, but you can, you can dedicate, you know, two to three hours a week. Uh, to just make sure that you're reviewing the child's uh, documentation um, if they're in school and there's some issues going on. So it's not always that you're with the child. It's right. just things that you are doing on behalf of the you child. You're advocating. For That's them, right. Yeah. That's, and, and you've got to educate yourself on what those needs could look like for the child. And then when you do identify something that's like, okay, this is not right, then you step into action yep. and you have the authority as a CASA volunteer to call the school and ask on behalf of the child, you wow. know, why do I see this in their, in their progress report or why did their grades drop? 
And if we can find out what those issues are, yeah. the cost of volunteer can then start making the impact to That's kind so of readjust. Cool. So it's about 10 to 15 hours. You have to be 21 years of age mm-hmm. and at least be able to pass the background checks. Yep. Um, and we know sometimes that folks, you know, they think that's common, but it really is one of those things that we only have to have those who know the best interest of yep. a child serving our children. And so uh, 21 years of age, pass a background check, and then we do the training on site at Sweet. the CAC. So it is a two-week training on a Monday and a Wednesday evening for about three hours each mm-hmm. evening. But once you complete that training, you are sworn in by a oh, wow. uh, family court judge, and you become an ad litem to the court. And your voice actually becomes one of the strongest wow. individuals when advocating on behalf of a child. That's so cool. Yeah, it's That's a very, very rewarding cool. experience. And I tell people all the time, if you're really wanting that hands-on yep. volunteer opportunity that will still allow you to have your own life, but you can truly make that impact and change a child's story, yep. CASA is right for you. That's a that's a model that there, there are some in our community that are looking at um, modeling after that mm-hmm. for, for el- elder care or for yes. maybe some of our uh, homeless population, yes. like where they, they, they maybe just, they've, they've been abused as an adult mm-hmm. or maybe they are, they don't have the mental faculties to be able to, to handle their, you know, the day-to-day life. Right. And they're, you know, the, the group that talked to me about it was, was said this very similar to what a CASA would do. So mm-hmm. it would be, you know, maybe through the JP court or something where it's like, we sure. know we have this, this, this person who's in need and they need someone to advocate for them to help them get through their, you know, just the different parts of life. And yes. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's a neat idea. And, it is. And building off of what y'all are already doing well and i love that idea and especially for our elderly and homeless because it goes back to what you and i were just talking about someone's voice can change the course of that next person's history you know and and it amazes me because i think even even me i know there's times that people have spoken out on my behalf Mm -hmm. when i wasn't present or when i didn't have the words to say and it changed the course of wherever i was going so when i think of even even the smallest things that make that biggest difference that's why I feel like we each as humans, whether it's your time, your treasure, or your talent, yeah. you can give that back. Yep. And so if you're doing that in a form that helps someone else, um, the advocacy comes naturally. Yes, the, the, the power of, of being able to change something. And I, and I think one of the neat things for me that CASA, you know, I think what people would buy into is that there's, there's almost an immediate feedback of I'm providing a service. Yes. You know, you get through that training and you're like, okay, now I see where this could, where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you get assigned to a kid, you're, you're instantly working with somebody and you're making a difference Yes. as opposed to, I'm going to go down to the, to XYZ and volunteer. And then I'm going to keep going there. And over the, over, you know, months of time volunteering, you might feel like, okay, I finally did something good today. Right. Right. Whereas this is, this is an immediate this and is in the and moment for, for a a person who can't, who, who, who needs it, you know, kid, mm-hmm. kids, you know, in a courtroom, a kid can't stand up and know how to speak or, exactly. or what to say or, or how to, how to, how to take care of themselves in, in different situations. So right. that's, that's massive. Well, and I also remind people too, you know, we've all seen the TV shows, we've seen yep. NCIS, we've seen all of them, but when you're getting to the end of a case and if a child truly does not need to go back, to the family or to the home they were living in, mm-hmm. 
when they're standing in that courtroom, they're still sitting across from their mother, their father, their abuser, whomever that is. It's not always a mom or dad, but you know, anybody who has abused them, they're still having to sit across the table from them and look at them. Mm. And so I don't know if you've ever had to consult somebody that has (laughs) been a bad influence to you, but that's the worst feeling for an adult to have to go through. So now you, you put a seven, eight, nine year old kid that has to try to defend why they don't want to do something. But when you have a volunteer that can step in and say, I've been with this child for the last 14 months. I see where they're excelling. This is not the home for them. And they can say that on behalf of a child that will change the course of that child's story forever. Not just in that moment. It changes the tree. Yes. We we talk about changing, you know, generational poverty trees a lot here at at CVCAA. Mm -hmm. You're changing, you know, a, a generational could what could be a generational thing that's exactly and you're right giving someone a chance at at success right. down the road right. and you know at, in community action we have we have what's called the promise of community action and part of that is that we 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 are here for the entire community because we believe everybody should have a shot at the american dream and it's, i agree it, I, some some people tell me mike you sound like pollyanna when you're talking about that but I, i'm a firm believer in America, like I love I what we are as Americans, and unfortunately, we have people in our society who need additional help. Yes, whether it's through choices they made or because of the situation they're in, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean they don't deserve a shot at a life that is that is meaningful, whatever, however they want to define meaningful. Exactly. And you guys, your team is is stepping in for these kids and giving them the chance at at a better life that's right and and you can't ask for something better than that no well and we both know when we're looking at our work you know it would be great someday that the the mike burnett's and the justin deloaches were out of a job because the community finally responded and we all started taking care of each other and there just wasn't any of these things to do but at the same breath i say you know i'm grateful that our agencies exist Mm -hmm. because you know for me the children are our next generation. Yeah. And if we're not taking care of them now yeah. in 10 years, what are they going to be contributing to our community? What are they going to be giving to society? And that's why sometimes when people, and, and I think this is why child abuse is still a hard conversation because nobody wants to think about it yeah. because no child should be abused. Of course that that's the case. But at the end of the day, abuse is happening. Child sex trafficking is happening. Mm-hmm. It's not something that is in the larger cities. It's not something that's 300 miles away. And so, yes, we can all sit here and try to live in our little bubbles or be Pollyanna about things. But in the reality of it, there's there's things that we're seeing that if we don't stand up now and give these kids that opportunity, then, yes, there is going to be a a shift in in generational growth that none of us want to be. And and the work that you and I do through our agencies every day and our employees do for us every single day mm-hmm. will go down the drain if we don't serve them now. Yep. And and I think that's where I see a lot of the collaborations between the different agencies in San Angelo, which makes us very unique, yep. is we do work together for that sole purpose. Yep. You know, we don't want to overlap services. We don't want to climb on top of each other. What we want to do is find our niches and get in it and then all hold hands and work together with yeah. it. And I think I think San Angelo is very blessed by many agencies that come yeah. to the table for that. It's, it's been very cool, you know, stepping in. You know, when I came to to CVCAA in in the fall of 2020, you know, I was I was a professor for 25 years. I I didn't need 
the social services net. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it was ignorance on my part that it didn't even, you know, I didn't, I don't need it. So I, oh, that exists. That's cool. right. Okay. <laughs> and then coming into this position, it's like, okay, okay. I see, I see what they're doing. I see what they're doing. And, and you're right. It's been very cool, especially since taking over as the executive director. You know, I, I became executive director not long before you became mm-hmm. the, the CEO over there. So we, and we kind were of, both development, yeah, I think, for yeah, our agencies yeah, before yeah, then. And, so. It, so, and it's, it's a thing of we're, we're, we're breaking down the silos, yes. like, but not ignoring the wheelhouses that each agency has. Exactly right. Where it's like, I don't have to reinvent the wheel to help this XYZ issue because I know your team is doing it or, or West Texas Counseling or MHMR mm-hmm. or, or someone else is doing that. I just need to know how to connect my client to those services. That's and exactly I think right. there's such great conversation and, and back and forth between agencies. It's, yes. it's very cool. And, and when I go to conferences, I was on a call the other day with the Texas Homeless Network and we were talking about um, uh, emergency shelter and inclement weather, which mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be cold soon. So, yep. And and they were saying one this it was it was on the coast the Gulf Coast and they were saying like there there's there's like these um, turf wars going on between agencies mm. like this is no this is what we do you can't do this oh and, and I'm like and I'm like look man <laughs> and and I say that I say this every day and I've you know I'm like our people in need deserve us working better together they do they deserve exactly us right getting along and helping each other so that we can help them. Mm-hmm. Like, like if there's an agency that is doing something that frustrates me, mm-hmm. it, but they're still helping people. I need to get over it. Right. And I need to be like, okay, what can I do to help them still? Because they are getting stuff done. Exactly right. And, and I don't, you don't see that turf no. war here in San Angelo. You really do not. And, and <clears throat> when you get to something like San Angelo gives mm-hmm. this last year was the first year that I was, um, kind of in, in charge, I guess, because I was the, the boss. You right. know? But going to that, I think you were there at, over at the Area Foundation that morning yes. at the 5 a.m. Yes. There was there was a camaraderie and a love amongst yes. nonprofits. And it wasn't, oh, I, I'm going to stand in front of Justin so I can mm-hmm. block him so that people can't see him and I'm going to get that those dollars. It wasn't. It was, it was by, by building everybody up. Everybody yes. gets better, and making sure everybody yeah. was seen and yeah. heard that day. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I it, agree. It's so cool, and I love when we go to places and I see you there, or I see, you know, Greg Rowe there, or someone yeah. from the, uh, from all the other places. It's like we are we are brethren. Yes. there and we it's, are there together. It's a family. It is. You know, I've always said when, and I've been uh, 2024. I'm celebrating 13 years in the nonprofit segment wow. here in San Angelo, and I started, you know, as a donor relations uh, coordinator with West Texas Rehab was my first nonprofit job. And I kept telling myself, you know, what am I doing? You know, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I had some amazing mentors and, and my best mentor was Ellen Brown. And, and many in the community will know who Ellen is and was. But Ellen told me once, she said, what we're trying to do is we're building the staircase. Nice. And we are starting at the bottom and we're trying to get to the top. And she said, you can't be every step. And she said, you can try, but she said, you won't be able to be every step because she said, whatever the step that you build, you've got to make sure it stays behind. So the next person that comes up Mm. can go ahead and start climbing the staircase. Oh man. And ever since I had that analogy put in my mind, that's how I approach everything is who's already come before us and done a, B and C Mm -hmm. and where do I need to pick up to do D E F. So then when G comes along, 
that next person does not have all of that. And, and I'm just like you, when I walk into these rooms and of course I know it's hard when you're fresh off the, you know, you're new to the, to, to the family, it's a little bit different, but with everyone I see, and, and there are times you were talking about when we disagree, you know, there's times I've had to call different agencies up and say, okay, I heard this today about your agency and I don't want to believe this. Yeah. And and we have to have that discussion. And there's been times that they've said, well, no, this is the direction we're going because of A, B, and C. Yeah. And I've shared my concern, but I'm just like you. At the end of the day, I have to respect the direction mm-hmm. that the agency has. And if they're still doing the good, that is still one of the stairs on yep. the staircase, yep. I want to support them, yep. you know? And, and I think that's what makes us such a great community. And I'm, I'm so blessed to see that because you don't see it really anywhere else in you my don't. opinion <laughs> you don't and you also don't see the philanthropic support from the community no, no. to the nonprofits. you're exactly you know, right when, and we've talked about this on on this podcast a number of times when when you get to that san angelo gives day and i love pulling us up alongside and i'm going to talk bad about abilene you know <laughs> but, but there have been times i pull them both up side by side on the screen mm-hmm. and we're millions of dollars Edible. ahead of them and i'm just like Mm-hmm. that's my town yep <laughs> that's my town those are my this friends is our community that's our community i agree that is just coming to to the aid of of, of the nonprofits. i agree it's such a cool day well and i i want to share too to that mike you know anybody that's listening to this that's not in our nonprofit family so to say you know our donors get it yeah um and i and i say that in a very strong sense i have sat down with donors before and these are donors that are not just my donors. They're not just your donors. Mm-hmm. They are community donors. Yep. And I love when I'm talking to them about certain issues and they'll go, oh, you know, the other day, Dusty and I were talking about this from West Texas mm-hmm. Counseling and Guidance. And he was saying that he was seeing this trend. And now you're talking to me, Justin, as a child abuse survivor, mm-hmm. what the mental health trend looks like. Mm-hmm. And they're getting it. You know, it's not that they just write a check and yeah. then give it to us in the mail and say, all right, go do your work. They're sitting down at the table with yeah. us. They're getting it. And so it's not only that their money is supporting us and going into action, it's building this lasting legacy. Yep. So the work that we're doing doesn't go down in yep. vain. And it's not just a check, you know, and and that's what I've seen even through San Angelo Gives, but even through the different agencies. Mm-hmm. We know the names. We know the names of these folks that are giving. But when they're coming to the table to understand it, that's why I encourage anyone out in the community, if you've not joined a nonprofit in some way, yeah. whether that's a monetary donation, whether that's volunteering time or coming in and sitting down with the Justins and the Mikes and yep. saying, hey, I don't know what y'all do. Yeah. That will make the biggest difference because that connects you to what all of these people invest in, what all of our employees give us every single day. You're supporting that. Yeah. And that's that's what really, really moves us forward. And, and that's building on the one person or the two person that's right that can't sleep at night yep they've, they've got that itch yep and they know they've and they and they maybe maybe they are not able to volunteer but they have the financial resources that's exactly or they right. or they know someone who has they've, they've got pull with someone who can yes. be that that benefactor right and so, well and we need the connectivity too yeah. you know we don't know everybody you yeah. know I, I even today i i will tell people you know they think oh you just know everyone i'm like I do, but I don't, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like I, people change and things change and, and, you know, with our services and, you know, and kind of going into our, our third program at the CAC, you know, that was where we saw a change is people were coming to the CAC and saying, Hey, we need a service. Mm-hmm. But because of the way that CASA and Hope House works, we work off the referrals of the Department of Family and Protective right. Services or law enforcement. We didn't have a public program. And so we had a family come to us once that said, you know, this is our first child. 
we we are young we don't know exactly what we're doing and we need some help can you help us mm-hmm. well 18 years ago there was not any resources with any agency in san angelo that would help with this there were resources that would help you know prenatal and yeah. and pregnant mothers yeah. and then there were resources that would help a child as soon as they were born for about six months but yep. then everything faded so our family and youth services yeah. which is our third program was born out of the concept that somebody came in and had a conversation with us and was like, we need help. And so the community backed the CAC on starting the Parents as Teachers program. I love that. Um, And that is a program, and and I know y'all refer, we we refer, I think, the most between these two programs. But it it was amazing to me when I came to the CAC to see what Parents as Teachers does Mm -hmm. because it's a developmental program. You can be, your child can be prenatal, can be just born or all the way up to five years of age. And our home parent educators go into the home and sit down with the family. We do an activity. We make sure their needs are met. And then we talk. We just talk. We, We talk to this family. We find out where their struggles are. We find out where their successes are. We celebrate. We, we look at things to ensure that the family has that support. And what we're seeing out of that is you see less dangerous situations Mm -hmm. for a child that especially is zero to five years of age. So there's that prevention element. But also what we see is these kids are walking into pre-K and kindergarten Mm -hmm. ready to go. And that to me is the biggest, biggest thing because parenting is hard. We all know it. And (laughs) if we have these programs that can help support these kids, it's all about it. So our parents as teachers program and then our parent mentor program, which is for seven to 17 is really some impactful programs. You're right. You know, you can, you know, you go to your, you go to your pre pre-birth classes, you know, and you get freaked out by the videos. I know I did as a dad. I was like, I, wow. And then, and then it's like, here's how you put the car seat in. You got the car seat in. All right, here's your kid. See ya. And you're like, uh, how do I change the diaper again? What, what do I do in the kids? And what time for the bottle? Like, What's going to happen? Now? But you're right. I mean, there, it's, it's complex. It really is. It's complex. And, and the more we can offer assistance to people, it, it's, it's preventative medicine. Right. That's you know, exactly you, right. you may, you may have a, a, a parent or a sibling in that family unit that, that the, the kids stress them out and they don't mm-hmm. know how to deal with that. They don't. And it could easily turn into an abuse situation, yes, but you're, yeah. you're, you're identifying that ahead of time yes. and this is how you're going to deal with that. And then you've, then you've, then you've taken a future child abuse case out of, mm-hmm. out of whack because right. you've, you've helped someone become a better we change the algorithm. Changing it. Yeah, that's what it is. It's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it really is. And people don't realize because, and, and COVID taught us this, you know, I never imagined that a family's stress level mm. could go zero to 60 so quickly. Oh, man. You know, drop of a hat. Drop of a hat. And so when you already have that existing, yeah. and then you throw in COVID-19, yeah. and people were getting laid off, or their jobs just stopped. Yeah. because they couldn't come to work. Yeah. And so now you've got a family of five and a dad that's trying to figure out what to do next to yeah. put food on his, his family's yep. table. And then mom's asking what's going to happen and the kids are screaming and there's yeah. no food. Well, then right there is your first trigger, yeah. you know, and who is that person going to take it out on? And then when we were so closed in together, yeah. families started taking that out on each other. And so we're still seeing some of the healing mm-hmm. 
that has had to happen Mm -hmm. for these families through our home visitation program and through these mentorship programs because people just didn't realize it, you know. And I know it's funny now when I talk to different friends, they're like, you know, I really did get tired of my spouse during COVID, (laughs) you know, love them to death, but spending, you know, every every single hour for almost two years at, you know, so close proximity. So you take that feeling and then put it with a family that's already struggling with yeah. eight or nine other situations. And, and then you take that's it bad. and then you put in the financial strains. And oh, all yeah. of it. It's, it's rough. And I think, I think COVID has, has taught us a lot of things. It really has. And, it, and it, for me, the big thing I keep taking away from it is that, that, that line of being okay mm-hmm. and not that line is very frail. It is very, very frail. for every single one of us. Yep. I agree. And, and it's, and it's not a thing that, impacts any like it's it well this is only that zip code of, mm-hmm. of san angelo or it's only it's only that neighborhood that deals with this is this is everybody mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the people you're helping the people i'm helping it's it's every zip code in the concho valley in, in west texas right. because because it could be any one of us right at any line, time at any time yep. at any and, given and, time and you know i joke a lot like man at the i I wish we'd get another pandemic because, you know, we got, we got curbside out of that, you know, we got this out of it. But the thing, the thing, I think there are a lot of lessons that, that I hope as a society, we keep trying to learn from COVID so that we just don't go back to the way it was before. I agree. Because there's, there were so many things that were just brushed under the rug. Yes. Both in what, what you're dealing with, what I yes. deal with here at, 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 here at CVCAA. It's like before it was just, it was just, we didn't, we're just not going to talk about it. Right. But now, now that Band-Aid's been ripped off yes. and we've got to talk about it. There's exposure yep. that has to be addressed. Yep. We had, um, we had one of your, your staff, I think it was Mike, Michael does the mm-hmm. training. He yes, came, he came in and worked with our staff on, you know, identifying signs of, of child abuse because, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we have folks that come in, um, sometimes they bring their kids with them and sometimes they don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, but we, you know, our team, my team was like, we don't know we think this is wrong, but we don't know what we should do about it. Right. And so, right. so you you know, CAC provided that service for us and Michael came in and it was about a, I think it was about a 90 minute training mm-hmm. with us. And mm-hmm. that was like the, the first piece of it. Sure. And it was, it was eye opening. you know, yes. even, even for our staff who work with people in crisis mm-hmm. for them to sit there and go, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Now, now, I, now I see what's going yes. on here. And it's yes. just, it was it was very it was very eye opening for all of us. Just like okay, this is another thing. In addition to all the stuff that we're already doing, here's another thing we should need to be paying attention to because exactly. because those kids need it. Yes. Well, and the outreach and education side of the CAC is so complex because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. We all feel like we've got a handle on this. We yeah. all feel like you know when we go home. You know, and I and I had a lady tell me this at the end of a recognizing and reporting child abuse training once, and it, it stuck with me yeah. every single day. Is she said, "Well, you know, I I don't have to worry about child abuse because my kids are not abused." And I smiled and I said, "I am so glad to hear you say that, and I'm yeah. glad that your children are not." But I said, "You know, one in four yeah. girls and one in six boys by their 18th birthday are abused." Wow. And I said, "So if your daughter or your son brings home six different kids, yeah, one of them." One of them has been abused. Yep. And so I'm glad that you don't have to worry about that. But guess what? We still have to worry about it. Yep. And, and, and what you say is so true. You know, you get professionals that say, oh, well, I don't work around kids yep. or I don't, I don't, I don't have to deal with kids every day. 
But then when you're in a situation where that family comes and sits down and that child's quiet or you see an action between an adult and a child and you kind of look at it going, that didn't feel right. You don't know what to do. And it's okay. I mean, it's, it's okay to admit that. But then when you start hearing the scenarios and like you just said, and when the light bulbs kind of start coming on, it's like, if you feel something's not right, pretty good chance something's not right. And so that's where Michael um, and Michael is our education specialist. And I love what he provides to the community because he does come in, he breaks it down. He makes it very simple for us all to understand, but then also he puts it in context because you want to say, you want to be like that lady. Well, I don't have child abuse in my life. Mm -hmm. Well, let's celebrate that. But at the same flip of the, the, the needle, you're going to maybe walk into a situation someday and if you are the only person that speaks out, you could change, you could yeah. save a child's life. Yeah. And, and I think our education efforts are really working to do that every single day. Yeah, it was, it was so good. And it's, it's a thing where you could tell the whole staff going into it. We were, we were all uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it was like, uh, and, but, but the way he presented it, he, he normalized in a good way talking mm-hmm. about it yes. where it doesn't have to be this stigma that we just like, well, we know it exists. So we're just not going to talk about it. And right. Okay. I'm going to halfway look at the, Oh, that's what that says. Okay. Now I know what I need to look at. Right. Exactly. But he that's brought exactly it in right. and, he, and he broke it down in such a way that made it where we were, we were comfortable talking about a very uncomfortable possibility. Yep. And I think the more we can do that in society, the, mm-hmm. the better chance we have of, of solving yeah. some of these and, and ideally putting us out of work. That's exactly yeah. right. Well, and the idea to it as well is we don't ever want someone to have to go through child abuse. Yeah. We don't ever want to make someone have to make that call. Yeah. But what, what is so special about something like this is you could be the voice and you, mm-hmm. your one-time voice one time. could, could change the course. And, and it's mm-hmm. not something like you're tied to the case. That's the biggest yeah misconception that people think is, well, I'm the one that reports it. So I'm going to be the one dragged through it. No, like your report of the allegation is simply just Mm -hmm. that, you know, now if you're a direct witness and you can give details that provide that, of course, you're going to be called in, you're going to be interviewed. But after that interview, your part is done. And, and what you can rest assured on is now the professionals are involved and we cannot solve child abuse by ourselves. There is levels to child abuse that we have to ensure are taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest frustration that sometimes we see is somebody wants to be the hero. And trust me, we all want to be Iron Man at the end of the movie. (laughs) I get it. And Robert Downey Jr. did that so very well. But you want to be eating shawarma our, exactly. in, the, in, the, in the cafe at the end. <laughs> yeah, just taking that bite at the end. I wish we could all be that way. But that's not how society works. And yeah. so we want people to know our roles. And there is a role for the agency. There is a role for the community member. And then there is a role for a fellow kid yeah. that knows their friend is being abused. Yeah. And they don't know what to do. So if they go to that adult or that, whether it's their mom, their dad, their teacher, and they say, something's not right, I know it. We all need to know what that response yeah, is. We need to listen. And, and so for all of the listeners out there, if you, uh, whether it's your business, whether it's you personally, your civic group, your church group, if you can stand in a room and say, what do you do if you sense child abuse? Yeah. And there's one person that can't answer that question, give us a call. Yep. We offer the training free. As Mike was saying, it's about 90 minutes. 
Um, we offer an online option and an in-person, but I always highly recommend yeah, the in-person in so because Michael is so experienced and he can explain things a lot better than a video can. Yeah. And then he can also walk you through some scenarios. Yeah. And so please reach out to us because yeah. we'd love to help. And there was, there was a quiz. Yes. There it, was it, a quiz. We do check your knowledge. But we, but we, we, we all passed. <laughs> That's good. And it, when it was not stressful. So, <laughs> I know some people are like, oh, I got to take a test I know. Now. It's oh like, gosh. why do you have oh to throw gosh. that in? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, the final, the final element of the CAC that I always like to talk about is the newest element. And it's not new to society, but it's new to us is our mental therapy, mental oh. health and therapy. Um, so as we all know, and, and you were mentioning it best, Mike, you know, we have some great mental health, um, organizations in town, West Texas counseling, MHMR, um, individual, uh, individuals that have their own practices. And we've worked very closely with all of these agencies through the years, but right before COVID, and this is always the misconception too, is people think COVID brought this out and it didn't right before COVID, we started to see us trend. And the trend was, is because mental health was such a growing problem in our state, in our community, and across our nation, we started seeing that kids were going on a wait list mm -hmm. for not just 30 days, not just 60 days, 90 days. Yeah. So I always tell people, put yourself in this position. A 10-year-old is physically or sexually abused by mom, dad, or someone that they love, because that's mm -hmm. normally who the abuser is. Mm -hmm and they have to wait 90 days before yeah. they can start talking to anybody, mm -hmm. that wasn't acceptable. No. And so we partnered with um, our, our agencies in town and said, okay, so how do we do this? And what we found out is we needed just a division for child abuse victims. And so the CAC accepted that challenge and we were able to build a therapy department wow. within the last two years within the CAC. Wow. And so we are now uh, fully staffed with an LPCS and three LPCs and an LPCA. Wow. And we are loaded. I mean, we are seeing victims of child abuse every single day. Wow. And that has also helped alleviate some of our partners who can help us with maybe the parents yeah. or with other siblings that weren't abused but maybe had a front row seat to it. Yeah. Well, we can still refer to our partners in the community, West Texas Counseling and MHMR, but we're sticking with the child abuse victim. Wow. And we have different methods that we do our therapy to go right to the core issue. Nice. We don't necessarily sit around and just talk about how our day was. Right. We sit down with the child and we say, okay, Tommy, we know that dad did this to you. How do you feel about that? Yeah. And our therapists uh, go through different trainings to develop the techniques that we can address that. And so that's kind of how our partnership has strengthened the community and other that's mental great. health resources is we can take those child abuse victims. We're serving them on site and then we can still connect with others to make sure mental health is not the crisis that it has been yeah. these last few years. That is that is awesome. I didn't I didn't know that one existed. Yeah. So it's it's there. It just yeah. came about in 2022. That's so, so cool. Starting our second full year of it this year. That's and over very at, grateful. At, at the same. Yeah, complex we have center. we have it right next to Hope House. So wow. now also when a child comes to us, so if a child abuse allegation comes in at 2 a.m. in the morning, we we can do the forensic interview. We can refer them to Shannon for that that same medical right. exam. And then we can also have a therapist on site, on site to talk to, to them wow. immediately within the first two hours of them coming to the CAC. That's so awesome. And so what's upcoming, though, and I want to make sure we get this in before our time ends, but we will have Shannon Medical on site nice. at the CAC by the end of this year, hopefully, wow. providing those same abuse nurse examinations. So once that happens, we will then be a one-stop shop for child yeah. abuse. So when a child is abused and they come to the CAC, they will receive all of those services That's under huge. one roof. 
And we'll huge. be one of the first ones this yeah. side of I-35 in the state yeah. of Texas that offers that. Yeah. You you know as well as I do, our listeners might not like when you when you refer someone, there's there's a chance that it can get dropped. That's right. And and our agencies work very hard, um, you know, with the Unitas platform, with different mm-hmm. referral platforms, to make sure that that person doesn't get dropped. But there's there's still always that that lag time. Yes. And for yes. y'all to sit there and say, "Here's step one, mm-hmm. check, got it covered. Mm-hmm. Step two, check. Here's step three. Okay, they were going over there, but now we're going to do it here. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. That's 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 huge. one and done. Yep. And and I think especially in child abuse cases where time does make a difference. It does. Exactly the quicker right. that you can respond to that to that kid helps them start to that road to recovery that yeah. much quicker. So much faster. Yeah, that is well, so awesome. And being co-located, you know, a lot of folks don't realize we have San Angelo Police Department mm-hmm. child crime detectives yep. on site with us. Yep. We have the child protective investigators on site with us. Yeah. We have a space for Tom Green County Sheriff. We have a space for the district attorney's wow. office. So if we ever had a high profile case that happens, we bring all of those professionals in one building. Yeah. We're not spread out. We're not all over town. And now when we add that medical component and now we have the mental health component, yeah, that's huge. We have it all, you that's know, huge. and, and then because we're serving, not just San Angelo, we're serving mm-hmm. the Concho Valley. Mm-hmm. So if we have a case coming from us from Sonora or Ozona or Big Lake, and that kid's riding in the back of that, that car, mm-hmm. that law enforcement vehicle to get to the CAC, that's the only stop they have to make. Yeah. And so when they get to the CAC, they know their next chapter starts here. Yeah. Whatever just happened to them, whatever they've been through, no matter the hell, no matter whatever it is, when they walk through our doors, the next chapter starts here. And then the fun thing for us is it just doesn't stop with the CAC. We can connect them with other partners in the community. So if it's, you know, after the abuse is finally healed and they're on to new and better things, we can refer them to the different agencies that can help support them in their journey. And whether that's going to the Y and and having a great, great Mm -hmm. interaction with other kids or whether that's taking them and helping them learn more about the different resources that their yeah. family could benefit from. Yeah. It just really brings it all together to a place that it is a brighter tomorrow for them. And that's what our jobs that's are huge. all about. That's huge. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to assume it costs money to do these things. That's right. Unfortunately. Are, are y'all funded through state federal grants or is it is it private donors y'all are so looking it's, for is uh, it a combination 70 30 so 70 mm-hmm. percent of our services are grant funded through state and federal grants right um the main reason for that is because of the criminal investigation side of our services we do have to follow a lot of the regulations yeah. that are say, set by the state yeah so we are blessed to have that state funding for that and those grants for that but then when it comes to our mental health when it comes to our outreach mm-hmm. and awareness when it comes to our education, um, all of that is 100% donor funded. Yeah. And so that's where our local relationships with our foundations, uh, which San Angelo has the best in, I think, the country. Yeah, big time. Um, big but time. the uh, foundations that support the CAC and then also the donors who support the CAC mm-hmm. ensure that any of those services, if the states was, was to ever to stop the funding, our services would continue. And so we're very blessed by that. But yes, it when a child comes through our door, we're already looking at about $175 per child if it's one visit. one visit. But if they start having multiple visits for whatever reason, or if they go to multiple programs, right. you can only imagine yeah, how that good. price adds up. Yeah. So we always tell folks that there are ways to give. And if you want your gift to go specifically to one of the programs, we are still an agency that will designate that. Yeah. 
So if CASA is close to your heart and you write your check for CASA, it goes to CASA. And if you're if you're behind us on mental health and helping us make sure those therapy sessions stay available to our kiddos or the training that our LPCs need to be child abuse professionals, um, we have right that. There. Yeah, we have that opportunity for them. Yeah. If, if someone wanted to donate, how are they how are they donating to you? So the best way is to go to our website. Make sure you understand what our services are. Our website is is this describes everything perfectly and then there's a donate button and you can click that button it gives you the option to send an email to get more information nice. about your gift or if you're ready to give there's options for you to choose from but then also if you're willing to just you want to write a check or you want the tour yeah. or you want yeah. to get to know a little bit more uh, you can always give us a call awesome. we'll tour you well let, because our campus is very unique and, and I tell folks I'd cool. love I'd love to show you what we've done there because yeah. it really, it's almost 40,000 square feet yeah. of service space. And we went from a 5,000 square foot house on Coberland to now this three and a half acre Stevens wow. campus for children and families. And it truly has changed our you services. You just moved in like about a, about a year and a yeah, half ago. about a year and a half ago. Yes, yeah. sir. So this, um, this February will mark our first, our two year anniversary of both buildings being occupied. Yeah. And it'll mark our three third year anniversary being in Town and Country Plaza. That's so cool. When yeah. when y'all when the the Shannon component moves in, is mm -hmm. that is that a new building or is so, that no? It's actually it, going to be with Hope House with inside so, Hope. House. Mm -hmm. So our two buildings are Town and Country Plaza, which is the former Town right. and Country Food Stores, the two story building that was our remodel. But then Legrand Hope House Family Facility mm -hmm. is our Hope House therapy and our medical component right. along with partners. That's so cool. that's the new building that a lot of people see as you drive by on yeah. South Bryant. Should just grow into that that Shannon building that's yeah, right there. On possibly the, on the Shane and I might need to talk about yeah. that in the future. So, but we do have the room for growth. I, I know probably in my time I'll see one more building yeah. because there'll be the need. Um, yeah. Therapy is going to be an area for child abuse victims that we yeah. will have to focus on. But you know, at the end of the day, that's what I love about being in San Angelo is I know we're already going to have that support, whether it's through community or uh, whether it's through donors, whether it's through uh, the state learning more about how we're doing it out yeah. here so they can do it better. Yeah. Um, we're going to remain the leaders we'll and, the and we're going to do that yeah. because that's, awesome. that's why we're here, you know. So your web address is? CACGreaterWTX.org gotcha. or you can send us an email at info at CACGreaterWTX.org. And I'll be glad to get you taken care of, too. Right. Whether it's me or someone else, we'll get you connected. So cool, man. Well. Dude, well, thanks thanks for chatting. We, hey. We've been going for a while. Well, Mike, I appreciate y'all. Yeah. I appreciate what CBCA does because yeah. if it wasn't for agencies like you, I wouldn't have the support for families that I can't provide. Yep. And so I, I thank you and your staff for what y'all do every thanks. day because it's a great partnership. Thanks. It takes a village. And it, it sure it does. Really does. And, and Sooner or later, we're going to get this all under control. That's right. We are. And we'll, and we'll be out of jobs, but I the know. community and will be we, great, Hey, so. we will be happy to go do something a little bit less stressful, probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks for everything. All right. CVCAA Unplugged is copyright and property of Concho Valley Community Action Agency.